Right, and I, I know you like to sing, so did you lead Happy Birthday for Lamar today? No, we haven't sang Happy Birthday, but we did like you slap him across the you know back of the head a couple times. And, <laughs> no, uh, we didn't. <laughs> but uh, we- welcome back to Ravens Recap. We got playoff edition this week. So as of recording, the wild card weekend has just finished up. Houston, Tennessee, Minnesota, and Seattle have moved on, and now are we know for a fact what we kind of presumed last week that the Ravens first playoff game this year will be against the Tennessee Titans and here to talk about it me Alec Chris is back from vacation hope you had a great trip Chris and to talk to Titans we've got Titans fan Tim here hey how's it going so Tim I want you to start off with uh telling us a bit about your your background as a Titans fan why why you're a Titans fan and uh, what you think of this team this year? Because uh, you have a little bit of an interesting story on how you became a Titans fan when you told that to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting story. It's definitely a unique one. Well, I've been a Titans fan for quite a while now, uh, since I was about probably six or seven. I can't really pinpoint it, but you know, about like 13, 14 years, well, 16 years actually. Sorry, uh, quick math there is wrong in my head, but. I started off, my dad's a big Eagles fan. Uh, he was a little disappointed from the game tonight, but he's a big Eagles fan. Started off kind of following his footsteps. Uh, they were pretty good at the time, and I enjoyed watching them. But being little, I also kind of bandwagoned a little bit. I was, like I said, six or seven years old, so Patriots fan. Uh, I hate them now, don't worry. Um, really, really hate the Patriots <laughs> now. <laughs> Can't stand them. So I was playing Madden, or should I say I was watching Madden. I was switching in and out of playing. But at the time I was, uh, I was watching my brother and our friend were about to play a game, and they started giving me some flack about being an Eagles and, Pat- and a Patriots fan. They said they're good. They said I'm a bandwagoner. They weren't wrong, but it really, they, they said I should have a team that I really care about and not just like to see win, you know, actually root for, have have a reason to root for. So, I mean, their, their rationale was we're just going to hit random on Madden. Whatever team it lands on is going to be your new team. And uh, yeah, land on the Titans. So here we are, um, 16 years later, and I'm an avid Titans fan. Follow them religiously. This season, especially, I've gotten to almost every game to watch on uh, TV. Just a couple that I missed were ones I'm kind of glad I missed. But overall, you know, very close fan um, for a while now, just because of a random pick on Madden. That's an incredible story. So have you always lived in this area? There was zero attachment to the Titans. Did you know about them beforehand? I knew I knew they existed, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked their uh, logo and their uniform at the time. Still do. Um, some people kind of don't do like them. I know Peter has told me that he was not a fan of their uniforms, <laughs> um, but I personally like them. I have zero affiliation with the state of Tennessee. I've lived in Pennsylvania or New Jersey actually for most of my life, and went to college, University of Maryland, and of now working in Maryland. So. Northeast all my life. I've been to Tennessee once, and that was last summer on a road trip. So Tennessee was not part of the factor. It was literally just because I landed on the Titans in random. Well, hopefully it was like a good year of Madden that year. Like maybe you had Steve McNair and Eddie George maybe. I'm not sure (laughs) which version of Madden that was, but hopefully their team was like, okay. (laughs) They definitely weren't the greatest, and most of the years I've been a Titans (laughs) fan, obviously, as most people would uh, probably realize i'm not haven't been great i believe steve mcnair was on the team at the time if i remember correctly again it was a while ago but yeah I, steve mcnair was before uh mariota seemed like he had promised but before that steve mcnair was really our last real quarterback it's been a while yeah and mariota is an interesting topic to start our discussion on the titans because i remember when you were first telling me this story and telling me a bit about your your titans fandom this was early october in the the fall and you were you seemed like you were like pretty done with Mariota and that Titans fans in general were, but if I remember correctly, your exact words to me were, but if we put in Tannehill, we have even less of a chance to make the playoffs. And <laughs> now here we are. Tannehill is playing out of his mind, at least compared to what he was doing in Miami. And we've been keeping tabs on this team, the three of us, you know, for at least the past month because we believe that the Titans were had the potential to be a dark horse in this playoffs. I mean, what what is this guy, as someone who's watching the Titans week in and week out, what's working for Tannehill that wasn't working for Mariota? 
I think the biggest thing, there's a couple things really, but they're, the main thing that I think that Tannehill uh, improved on that Mariota just couldn't do was his arm strength and his uh, confidence in the deep ball. Uh, Mariota might have been because of a nerve damage injury on his wrist that he had a couple years ago, but he just would not throw the ball deep. It really caused the defense to really just stack the box against us because we're either going to run or throw a short pass. There wasn't much of a chance that they really needed to drop any guys back, and it really limited our offense. He also kind of had some confidence issues definitely this season. Uh, might have been the injury as well. Might have just been because he knew that Tannehill was right there behind him, that if anything happened, that would probably spell the end of him. But he used holding on the ball too long, not making quick decisions, and even missing wide, wide open wide receivers. So Tannehill has done an exceptionally good job on all of those, except maybe sometimes holding the ball too long. But I can't really fault him too much because, like you said, he has been quite exceptional for our team this year. So given that, do you think that Tannehill is going to get re-signed by the Titans since he's going for his contract? Some people on Twitter were saying that he might get 20 a year. I certainly hope he'll be re-signed. I don't, I'm kind of scared about how much we're end up going to end up giving him and if he can sustain it. I don't think he can sustain the level of play he has been, but even a semblance of that would be, be great. I just think that really he's our best option going into the next year. In a couple of years, we sign him to a uh, couple-year deal, maybe look for a draft, uh, later-round draft pick to kind of take under his wing maybe. Um, he is a eight-, nine-year veteran, so we could you know grow a homegrown talent under him. Um, I just don't really see any other free agent trade options available. And now making the playoffs, we're not going to have too early of a draft pick to pick uh, one of the star quarterbacks. So I think he's our best option. And he has made this offense explosive going from like seven points a game with Mariota to over 30 points a game with Tannehill. So if we can, like I said, even get a part of that, then I think he could be huge for us. Again, we our offense needs to stay together to do that, maybe add a couple more pieces. But Derrick Henry is also a free agent, so I think we absolutely need to keep him as well. And as long as they both don't combine to fill up most of our remaining cap space, I think they're going to be good signings. Yeah, going back to Tannehill for this upcoming game on Saturday, what's a little interesting for us you know, Ravens fans is we're not in this position very often. In fact, we've never been the number one seed going into the playoffs, a team that certainly, you know, there's some analysts who are picking other teams. Uh, Saints was a Super Bowl pick. I saw more than one analyst pick. That's obviously definitely not going to happen yet this year. But what's interesting about this game for us is it's we're kind of seeing a role reversal here. Usually the Titans are a lot like Ravens teams are, you know, a lot of doubters in the media. And, you know, we feel like we're the underdog. And Tannehill reminds us a bit of kind of Joe Flacco of 2012 and his contract year, you know, kind of finally carrying a team after, you know, some mediocre to, to good in certain games during his career. But yeah, this is uh, an interesting game from that perspective in that Tannehill is playing for a contract, playing to be a starter, and he's going in up against the powerhouse AFC team, which is usually the Patriots or the Colts, but this year it's in Baltimore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Tannehill has been, I think he, yeah, playing for his contract, that might be why he's part of, part of why he's playing out of his mind right now. Um, I think that he might settle down once he gets a multi-year contract. I, I certainly hope he continues to play at the level he has, but I've seen him take some shots, go for some, some tough runs, uh, really just kind of put his body in the line, knowing what's at stake for him. Um, it's his first year in the playoffs. Uh, he just won his first game against the Patriots. He didn't do much, but he did what he needed to. He did the minimum because Derrick Henry was going to carry us uh, from the start going against the top secondary in the league. But it, I do see that in him, that he has the ability. He has put us on his back so far this season combined with Henry that, you know, I, I'm not rolling it out. I don't have too high hopes going into this game, knowing what the Ravens have done this year. But, you know, I... Like you said, we could be a dark horse, not ruling it out. I definitely see how Tannehill and Henry and A.J. Brown can combine to be that threat and offense that we need to go punch to punch against the, the Ravens offense. So we've been talking all year uh, that the Ravens, while their team has a lot of strengths, there are some weaknesses that like we really nitpick it week went in and week out. And one of the biggest weaknesses that the Ravens have is running backs running off tackle We've seen Devin Singletary, Raheem Morset from San Francisco have success against the Ravens, even um, Samuels with uh, the Steelers in Week 17, although the Ravens weren't playing 
all their starters. Derrick Henry had a monster game against a very good Patriots rushing defense. In the regular season, the Patriots were the number six rushing defense, and the Ravens were only one slot ahead of that, giving up two yards less rushing yards per game than the Patriots. What were the Titans doing that Derrick Henry, besides just Derrick Henry being a beast, um, that was able to really gash the Patriots' run defense? Well, one thing that we've done well all year, our O-line is kind of a mixed bag. Um, our pass defense is very suspect. Our, our pass blocking, I should say. Our run blocking has been very good. Our two tackles, our left tackle, right tackle, both have been first-round draft picks in the past. Um, they've been exceptional with the run, and I think our O-line was really just creating a lot of holes for Henry. He was making some moves and bulldozing some people, but there were a lot of runs that he had whether they be first down runs or just gaining you know five or six yards they were because the o-line was creating that space for him and if we can continue to do that i think that you know henry can just keep doing what he's doing um he's like he's that big bulldoze type of back that even if he's not starting off well he tends to just wear defenses down and if we just stick with the run and keep you know running it down the other team's throats there's a good chance that eventually henry will start to break through he generally does start to uh, get going around the second half, and it's because of that that defenses just get really worn down from that physical big back running at them constantly. Yeah, I agree with that, Tim. I watched the game, the condensed version again, just a couple minutes ago, just to see if I could figure out what was going on, at least on, on the run game. And uh, I totally agree with you. I think that the Titans O-line did a really, really good job of of pushing guys off the line of scrimmage and really creating space for Henry to go through. I didn't see too many breakaway plays from Henry. There may be like one or two in this game. So I think the Pats did at least a good job at like limiting the, the, the big play from Henry. But that being said, they were getting gashed for five to 10 yards. at seemingly every play from that guy. And, you know, that could definitely be really scary. I, I will say the other thing that the Patriots, what they did do, which was kind of a result of, you know, of, of what Henry was going to achieve, but the Patriots are playing a lot of too deep safety as well. It seemed like they were more concerned about AJ Brown and, and Corey Davis and some of those guys making the big plays down the field. It seemed like they wanted to take that away, but it, they just weren't stopping Henry at all. <laughs> so, you know, on one hand, you know, you could kind of say that it was scratching her head and be like, you know, why why would the Patriots do that if, if Henry was able to finish up with almost 180 yards? It didn't seem like it was that successful. But on the other hand, they only let up 14 points. I mean, you take the uh, pick six at the end of the game, you take that out there. I mean, the Patriots only let up two touchdowns the entire game. That's still fairly good. It was just one of those games where basically nobody scored any points in the second half. It was, it was kind of a walk down at that point. But Certainly, I think the Ravens are going to have some issues next week with Henry. I will say, um, you know, the extra rest for our guys like Williams and Pierce are going to be absolutely crucial because those guys are going to have to play really, really well to be able to contain Henry, you know, at least for most of the game. Because, you know, as you said, Tim, and, you know, we've seen this here as Ravens fans too. Henry's one of those guys to just wear teams down and eventually will just completely take over games. And, you know, we got to limit that as much as possible. Yeah, I definitely feel like we got to make sure we have a good lead going against this team because if not, that's exactly when Henry starts to feast and uh, anything could happen then. It really is interesting because both the Ravens and the Titans do play a bit similar of an offense where you're really a rush-first offense and having that set up the pass, which is rare or rarer in today's NFL. Did you guys catch the... The graphic on that they showed during the Eagles Seahawks game today. Apparently, this is the first time since sometime in the seventies. I didn't catch that, but that the top four passing offenses from the regular season missed the playoffs, and but the top four rushing offenses did make the playoffs. And both the Ravens and Titans are included in that top four. That's really interesting teams like the Ravens, Titans, and the 49ers bringing the running football back in an era where all these teams were were trying to do passing offenses and then defenses that are geared towards stopping the pass, but then they're really susceptible to the run. 
you got these teams taking advantage of that. But that does also bring t- to your point, Alec, that the Ravens need to start fast in this game because if the Titans do get up, then they're just going to play the Ravens formula, which is pounding the ball, long ball controlled, five to seven minute drives. And then that can take your offense out of sync, especially for Lamar Jackson, who hasn't played since week 16. Yeah, that is something the Titans do very well. They uh, they keep the ball, the offense of the field for a long time. Seven minute drives are almost a regular thing for them. And that really helps our defense as well, keeps them off their feet, keeps them refreshed. And I think that's a big part of why we go into the locker room and the at halftime we're able to come back and make the adjustments. But also we're just able to stay on our feet and not get worn down like the other team. Granted, we don't have a big running back coming at us like we have Henry pushing the other team. But I think it really helps us that we're keeping our defense off the field with our offense just sustaining long drives. Even if we don't end up scoring, just keeping our defense off the field as long as we can has really helped them. So Mike Vrabel inherited a lot of this team, and it's his second year coaching them. I will say I had mad respect for him, giving Belichick a taste of his own medicine using that delay of game scheme to get down to five minutes in the fourth quarter yesterday. So I was curious what your thoughts were on him as a coach. Dean Pease is there now, our old defensive coordinator. Just curious if you have any thoughts on those guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, Vrabel, uh, I've been, I, I, I love the guy. I think he's done a great job, but there have been some calls that he's made, especially earlier in the season. He's kind of gotten better with it that were just kind of head scratchers, um, going for some fourth down plays, going for some fakes. One that almost put our all pro punter um, on the IR, the hit he took was uh, just really big. And just why risk doing that? Just punt the ball away. It wasn't even the end of the game desperation time. He's just gone for some, I guess that that's his play style. Um, he's that gritty, tough team, and he's led them to be like that. That's his philosophy. But it also leads to him you know, going to win games. I know last year um, in London against the Chargers, whenever we lost going for the win instead of for the tie to send us to overtime, that's how he's been since he took over. He just goes for that big play instead of being conservative. Um, so I, I like that confidence that he has in our team sometimes it can be a little frustrating to see it be the reason we lose but i do like that he has the confidence in our team i think that uh really trickles down to our players and gives them that boost that they need to play well for him he's a great locker room guy um really our players really play for him and it's really done wonders for our team we've kind of always had head coaches like that for the last couple of years. Malarkey was like that. He wasn't the best play caller by any means, but he had that something about him that made the players want to play for him. And Vrabel has carried that over into his team. I think Dean P is on the other side of the ball is great compliment to that. He is also similar philosophy for us where it's tough football. Um, we do sometimes struggle with some tackling, but you know, there's a couple of our guys on our team that have been phenomenal tackling. Jalen Brown, hopefully he wasn't too hurt in our last game. Uh, Rashawn Evans, he was a big reason in our, we got that big goal line stand against the Patriots. A um, couple of tackles for a loss uh, at the one yard, or would have been the one yard line. Um, and he just really preaches that same philosophy of being tough and gritty. Um, he makes great adjustments at halftime. As you saw against Patriots, where we didn't let them score in the second half yet they started off with a field goal and a touchdown in the first two drives the adjustments were almost immediate after that and after halftime just completely shut them down so he's done wonders for our defense I think he's he's been one of the best even though our defense has given up a few yards we're kind of bend but not break and we don't end up giving up too many scores in the end bend but don't break sounds like uh our review of Dean Pease from his time here as a, <laughs> the Ravens a, defensive coordinator. Exactly what I was going to say. He's absolutely been that for us. We've given up quite a few yards. I think we're about middle of the pack in rush defense near the back. It's 20 something in pass defense. So we're giving up a lot of yards. I know uh, when we play the Chiefs, we managed to beat them in a, on a block field goal, but that ended up being a uh, 400 yards from Mahomes, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, they still put 32 points on the board, but 400 yards is even 32 points. You'd think you might have put up more than that. But that was something that we had a couple of turnovers. And that, that's another thing, too. We, we foresaw turnovers, um, interceptions, fumbles. We beat the Chargers on a goal line fumble. We almost beat the Texans, in my opinion. We probably should have beat them. Uh, we can get to that. But there was uh, a couple of plays in the red zone, I think actually in the end zone, that we picked off Watson and 
gave us a chance because we gave up all the yards to get them to drive down there, but we were able to keep them from scoring any points despite being that close to the end zone. Yeah, our team's defense on the year was ranked 24th in pass defense and 12th in rushing. One of the big takeaways I had yesterday was that the Titans have given up 20.7 points per game, while the Ravens' defense has given up 17.6. So although both the teams are more comparable in their rush defense metrics, it's really in the pass defense that the Ravens have the slight edge. And it's also because um, our Renzo percentage is a little bit better we are a little bit better at preventing you from scoring when you get in the red zone. That is something that will be interesting to watch. I know the Titans, since Tannehill took over, have been, might be the best in the red zone uh, for getting touchdowns. There have been almost like 90-something percent of our trips to the red zone have resulted in touchdowns. So that will be interesting to see how which team prevails in the red zone when the Titans have the ball. Your pass defense being good is could hurt us, and your run defense being uh, also uh pretty good will be a challenge for us and we're gonna have to go toe-to-toe with one of the best if not the best offense this year so that'll definitely be a challenge but I think you know we have the tools we have we're not a single single lane offense we have multiple facets to our game we have different weapons some no-name guys were to everybody else they're no name that can really tear up a, a secondary if they need to AJ Brown we have Johnny Smith I think Part of that is the fact that we're such a tough team physically. Uh, I think after the catch, we're one of the best teams, if not the best, at getting extra yards. Henry is a part of that, but A.J. Brown and Johnny Smith, uh, Smith being our tight end, have been great against uh, breaking tackles, stiff arming, just keeping from being tackled and gaining extra yards. Yeah, I am interested on how your you guys secondary players will do against the Ravens secondary I will say outside of Corey Davis I'm not too familiar with those guys Corey Davis is a running joke on this show because I was really all in on him on fantasy last year and my team suffered because of it but (laughs) and because of me man I was high on him I took him his rookie year I took him the year after (laughs) (laughs) yeah so Tim we we wanted Corey Davis like Alec and I were watching the the 2017 draft together and we were we were mad when the titans took Corey davis we had to settle for marlon humphrey who's like our <laughs> who's now our pro bowl cornerback and has been incredible for us but yeah it was it was funny that that how uh how things go through the years but to get back to aj brown i will say he has had a, an excellent rookie year definitely shows he's a, he's a freakish combination of size and speed but i'm looking at his game log here and I will say that he's had some monster games, but I'm looking at the teams that he had over 100 yards against. Houston, Oakland, Jacksonville, Cleveland. Um, He had 81 yards against Carolina. And then all those other games, 94 against Atlanta. But I don't think he eclipsed over 80 yards when he had to play a top-flight pass defense, which is what he'll, he'll be facing up against on Sunday. So I will say that Derrick Henry does make me nervous going into this game, but I think the Ravens will actually have a pretty good job at quieting A.J. Brown. Will that be the difference? I don't know, because obviously he only had one catch for four yards against New England, and you guys pretty much controlled the second half, no problem. But I'm expecting a quiet game from from A.J. Brown on Sunday. Peter, the game's on Saturday. Saturday, sorry. (laughs) No one should have to miss the game. (laughs) <laughs> I do know someone who that that happened to. They, they, I saw their Facebook post, and they were like, "Can't wait to see the Ravens game today." And it was um, it was 2014 after we lost that shootout to New England, and someone just oh, posted on there like, <laughs> "You're about to be double sad." <laughs> I, I definitely think it is possible that AJ Brown has a pretty quiet game. I think he can be big. And I think the reason why you're seeing such a inconsistent stat line with him is not really AJ Brown more as it is the Titans, how they run their offense in that particular game. As you can see against New England, we only passed it 15 times total and eight were completions, but not many targets to AJ Brown. Uh, I'm not sure if there were even really many more, maybe one or two other than his one reception because we really just stuck with the run every time. So while he had a quiet game, part of it was he probably was covered pretty well by Stephon Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore is a phenomenal quarter corner, but I think that it was we weren't really looking to pass it. We weren't really looking to make those 
big pass plays because we were worried about giving up that turnover um, that you saw that one play. Uh, if you're watching the game, Tannehill gave up a pick kind of illogical decision to throw that ball where he did, but I wasn't sure if that was AJ Brown. It might've been, but it, we were just really avoided the, the pass game in that. And we've done similar things. We've rode Henry on multiple games where we just keep handing him the ball, keep feeding him the rock as much as we possibly can. And AJ Brown sometimes can benefit that from the play action. That's actually one of, the biggest reasons that Tannehill, AJ Brown and company have been so successful is the play action. We establish Henry and then we act like we're going to give him the ball. And then instead it's a deep, deep shot. Um, and I think that might continue. Uh, we're not playing the top secondary anymore. So we might stray away from the total Henry domination plan that we use against the Patriots. But I think there's a good chance that we do tend to stick to the run a little more in this game, but open up the pass game a little bit more. I think a big difference maker could be if we get back our primary slot receiver, Adam Humphreys, who's been out for the last five weeks now that he missed this last week. Every week, it's kind of been unsure of whether or not he would return. Well, at least while Mariota was under center, he was our top receiving wide receiver. Granted, that was Mariota and not Tannehill, so a different pass thrower in the game. But he was very reliable for us, and he's missed quite a bit of time now. Coming back gives us another option Corey Davis is still, I think, he has the tools to still be a good receiver. He definitely got hurt by being hurt, but to start his rookie year and coming into the season late and learning the to, the playbook as he went, he showed some flashes of his potential. The New England game of last year, he pretty much was the guy for us that game. I just think he doesn't really get as many targets as he deserves if we utilize him as a solid wide receiver too, that he could get more, more looks and we could be a little bit more lethal of an offense than we even have been. But I think obviously stick with what's working. If we are hitting AJ Brown and that's, that's working then I say, go for it. But I see Corey Davis get open often and he's just not getting the looks that he should be might be just because Tannehill is looking for Brown, but he does spread the ball out too. Tannehill has thrown to quite a few receivers and tight ends this year. Davis. I, I think he might be a bit of a, he might be a wild card in this game. If he can, if he can be a factor and give us multiple deep threats, a couple guys who have strong hands, then that could be a difference maker as well. Yeah, Corey Davis does every now and again have an out-of-nowhere monster game, so definitely not someone that the Ravens can overlook. Moving to the opposite side of the ball, I think the guy that us Ravens fans are kind of like, this guy could have a monster game or he could not show up at all because that's basically what he's done the second half of the season is uh, – our rookie wide receiver, Hollywood Brown. I think that he can have some success against your guys' secondary, but I don't know. Do we th- guys, do we think that the extra week off that the that helped out whatever injury he's dealing with, if he is dealing with one, and if they'll scheme something up for him, like against the Rams and the Jets? You know, Hollywood, I think so. Like, what have we said about Hollywood? If the game's nationally televised, he shows up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He yeah, Rams and Jets were on uh, Monday night and Thursday night, respectively. <laughs> I know. So if, if it's on prime time, Hollywood is in the game plan. It's like him and Lamar, they show up at the stadium at the same time. It's like they scheme that during primetime games, it's going to be the one. Otherwise, like, hey, we got to keep it quiet. Got to make you unpredictable for film purposes. I don't know. <laughs> I really hope so. I think... The thing that's really cool about Hollywood this year is he started off so strong and then he had those fades in and out, injury, etc., like you just mentioned, but he's had those blow up games. And I feel like he's never let us down per se. Now, granted, it's hard to say that because we've won 12 straight, but I think he'll be there if his number's called. Yeah, I think so. I mean, just out of the last couple of weeks, I feel like that element's kind of been missing from our offense. The speed that he brings, I mean, most of the targets that we've seen from him are kind of all been those short passes, and he gets a little bit of yak, but not too many. So I think we need to stretch the defense out a little bit. Now, I will say I'm a little uh, I'm a little worried about uh, Bayard because I know he's a pretty good safety, and you could see him in, in the Pats game. He was roaming around that secondary like 15, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage. So, um, you know, he's somebody we need to watch out for, make sure we don't you know, throw the ball up when he's going to be able to close it. Cause I think, you know, he's had some success against the Ravens in the past, but, uh, but yeah, man, if, if 
we have those opportunities, the one-on-one matchups that we want, then yeah, we should definitely need to get him involved because I'm sure the Titans are looking at us right now and they're like, okay, we need to worry about Ingram, Lamar, and all these tight ends. And out of the whole list of people that they're concerned about, I'm sure Hollywood and, and Roberts and Sneed and all those guys are like really far down the list. So that's like a perfect opportunity to pull them out. Tim, what do you think of that assessment? I think we're definitely going to be focusing on the run um, quite a bit, especially with Lamar's ability to put together um, some pretty pretty impressive runs uh, on his own. Um, but I do think we're going to be working on our secondary a lot too. Um, that's been really our Achilles heel on our defense for most of the year, and I uh, attribute that primarily to injuries. We lost Malcolm Butler in, I think, week 10 for the year. Uh, Adoree Jackson, uh, first-round pick a couple years ago, he's been out the last four games. He made it back the Patriots game and he had very tight coverage, possibly difference maker near the end. Um, yeah. and I think that we have a couple guys, like you said, Kevin Byard, he's a ball Hawk. He will find the ball. Uh, Logan Ryan's had quite a few interceptions, dropped that one pretty easy one. Should be into pick six near the end of the half of the Patriots game. But I think we have a couple guys who can really make a quarterback pay. If he makes a mistake, then again, our secondary, like I said, has been a bit of weakness for us. So we go to man, I think, sometimes too much, and the uh, screen was really hurting us as well against the Patriots. We did adjust well to that, but the screen in the beginning was killing us until we were able to get a little closer and, and kind of stack the box a little bit, but keep a couple guys back. But I am worried about our secondary. I think that's the biggest worry I have, honestly, even though you guys are so great with the run. I'm a little more concerned with how our secondary is going to stack up against your wide receivers. Well, your defense might get a little bit of help. Currently, even though we're recording right now on Sunday, six days away from the game, rain is somewhat in the forecast. So if the rain does come through, that's been Lamar's two worst statistical games. Uh, We've seen the offense kind of struggle in those conditions. I'm seeing that the rain will end in the morning. So hopefully they have the tarp on the field and everything's okay for the game and it's not affecting actual game time, but it could definitely be a factor. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens did end up going on to win both those games, beat Seattle in a very sloppy game in the rain, as well as San Francisco with that last-second field goal by Justin Tucker. But, yeah, if there's clear skies by 8.15 p.m., I'm going to be feeling a lot a lot more comfortable with that. <laughs> That's an interesting stat. I'm not sure really how the Titans fare in any particular weather, but that is definitely something to, to look at. Another thing I saw in your guys' defense while watching um, the game yesterday was Ben Watson of, gosh, he's what, 38 now? He's been in the league forever. Um, know, he, only right? had, <laughs> he only had three catches for 38 yards, but there was at least one play where he had a, Brady had a deep completion to him that was called back on penalty. I didn't watch. I only saw the first drive of the first half, so I didn't, I didn't watch the whole game. I don't know if there were other plays where Watson's able to have that success and I mean the Ravens we've got we've got three tight ends that we can throw at you and obviously the pro bowler Mark Andrews but we still got tight end slash guard Nick Boyle and the speedy Hayden Hurst is tight end a position that that can exploit this defense it definitely has in the past I know last year um and the year before that was a a big uh thing that was a struggle point for us um we managed to contain Kelsey a little bit in the 2017 uh, wild card round. Actually, I think he might have got hurt, and that could be why we ended up coming back and winning that game. But tight ends have definitely been a struggle for us over the years. Can't say I'm too sure on if this year has been any different. I don't know if we've played many premier tight ends this year, but it has definitely been something that a lot of these guys on our defense are holdovers from when it has been a struggle point for us. So I definitely, it definitely would not surprise me to see some tight ends tear us up. Yeah, I'm looking at that matchup as the absolute key. Just from what I saw at some of the linebacker play against the Patriots, I think that the Titans linebackers are going to be super susceptible to play action. There were multiple plays I'm looking at. Correa was actually one of the guys. I know he's he's not really a starter in the Titans defense, but Ravens fans are familiar with him. He was a, a second-round draft pick for us a couple of years ago. But uh, there were a couple of plays with him, and I think Evans was another one, maybe Woodyard, where uh, those guys were totally coming down to crash the running back, and Brady keeps the ball, and, and uh, it's just a drop-back play action. And those guys had to run like 10 yards back to try and cover their zone. 
And, you know, the Patriots, they're, uh, you know, pretty short at tight end this year. You know, obviously Gronk retired, uh, kind of left a big hole in their offense. So they had to go out and get old man Ben Watson, who uh, I believe uh, officially he's he's actually retired now, or he's very strongly considering it. He retired two years ago and came back for them, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. No. I, I think officially maybe done. But in any case, the Patriots don't really have the uh, – the uh, the right players to be able to take advantage of, of some of that. But if I'm the Ravens, I'm looking at that. I'm like, yes, like these guys could absolutely have their opportunities if we're able to get their, you know, the Titans linebackers into, into spots like this. So yeah, for me uh, personally, I, I think, you know, if, if the Ravens are, are coming out and they're on their a game, I think that that is the matchup that they want to exploit right there. I'm so glad you brought this up. The Tennessee Titans are ranked fifth worst in the league against the tight end. This year, tight ends have gone 80 receptions for 916 yards and nine touchdowns. Sounds like a Pro Bowl stat line. It looks <laughs> the only team, the only team that's like significantly worse. It's kind of like all tied in there was Arizona. The yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone, everyone knows that one. If you play fantasy football, it was like, who are the, who's playing against the Cardinals this week? They gave up 16 touchdowns, 96 receptions for over 1,100 yards. But yeah, I was I was looking it over. I was like, "Oh, that's a lot of yards." And then I I was able to find the ranking. So, you know what team was the best actually against the tight end? This is fascinating. <laughs> was the it Baltimore actually, Ravens? I was gonna say it was the, the best. Ravens this year. Yeah, <laughs> it, they were the best, which is crazy because we were like historically not good against the tight ends. But I guess what happens when you complete overhaul the team. I think I remember looking at that stat before. I think it's probably it's obviously multifaceted. You can't just point to one thing. But I think one is correct. Yeah, we we didn't face a whole lot of elite tight ends this year. You know, Kelsey was the the one big one in week three, and he had some success against us. But other Wait, than that, Kittle, Kittle, yeah, he had a little bit of success. But honestly, yeah, but San Francisco's game plan was to run the ball for most yeah, of the time. That's true. Right? He only had two receptions. But outside of those two guys, I don't think there were too many more of those upper echelon tight ends that we went against that's kind of one thing i'd say chuck clark you know my my optimistic take here chuck clark is probably another reason for that if he's done pretty well covering tight ends uh jefferson was okay but you know not certainly not as good as he was last year or you know the year before but that's very interesting you know that uh we we haven't been known to uh play tight ends very well at least over the last couple of years before that do this this stat line would be so much better if it wasn't for the two losses of the year. Two losses were eight for 90 and four for 100 and a touchdown against the Browns. That was the worst game we had against the tight end. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm glad that those days are behind yeah. us. Well, oh, yeah. there you go. That's a, that's a secret to beating the Ravens this year. Feed the tight end. How's the tight end position right now, Tim? <laughs> uh, we have a couple guys that we throw the ball to. Johnny Smith is definitely our top tight end. Uh, he's pretty much replaced Delaney Walker for us. Johnny Smith, like I brought up earlier, is phenomenal uh, with Yak. He gets the ball in his hands and he's tough to bring down. He is not the focal point of our offense by any means, but when he gets the ball, he can be a weapon. Uh, we have two other tight ends who we tend to throw the ball to. Anthony Ferkser, who uh, he's... I've kind of have a love hate with him. Um, he has some games where he makes some big catches and keeps drives going like he did. Uh, he caught the only touchdown reception touchdown against Patriots last week. He got a big third down conversion catch on the sidelines near the end of the game. But he is also, in my opinion, uh, the, the reason we lost to the Texans in week 15. He had a ball that was thrown perfectly to him to t- from Tannehill at the goal line, did not secure the ball. Popped it out of his hands. It was quick enough that it was not ruled as a reception. In fact, the counter is interception. They popped it out of his hands right to a defender who returned it to oh. set up a touchdown. 86 yards. Wasn't quite a, a pick six, but it was enough that was an easy touchdown soon after. And that was a 14-point swing that we ended up losing. We had to then go into halftime down 14 nothing. We were about to score a touchdown and go up 7 nothing, And it was huge momentum swing. Should have been a touchdown on our end. But yeah, he, he can be hit or miss for sure. And then our other guy, Michael Pruitt, um, who he did not he was not a, a focal point of our offense by any means. He was not even really he didn't really exist in the first half of the year. He's just kind of getting some more throws recently. He's kind of uh, if he's open, we'll, we'll toss him a ball. But really, really, we're not really looking his way. He doesn't get too many snaps. If you see him on the field, there's a good chance we're going to try something tricky and maybe throw him the ball. But I think Johnny Smith is definitely the tight end you guys are going to have to worry about. 
uh, Ferkser and Pruitt have had some some important catches for us, but Smith is really the guy that you guys got to cover well, and you guys can probably lock down the tight end position. One of the questions we have going into this game is how it's going to look from a running back perspective for the Ravens. Mark Ingram is allegedly on track. He's supposed to start practicing this week, but do we think he's going to be spelled a little bit by Edwards and Hill to get him back up to speed fully, or do we think he's truly going to be as close to 100% as one can be for a game like this? Yeah, I mean, you know, Ingram's already splitting snaps with uh, Edwards pretty frequently beforehand. I mean, you know, I think it's probably going to be about the same, you know, as long as he's healthy to go. You know, you might see Edwards a little bit more, but I still expect Ingram to start. He just might have a lower snap count. Even though Ingram was out week 17, Edwards basically, I mean, he looked fantastic. I mean, he, you know, picked up right where he left off when he was the lead back for us last year, put up 130 yards. So Edwards is uh, more than capable in my eyes to uh, to pick up the slack, even if uh, Ingram isn't 100%. I do want to make one point that uh, could be a big factor for us, especially with us defending the tight end. I know we haven't been good in all year, but uh, one of our linebackers, he's honestly one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL, Jayon Brown. Uh, he's great in coverage as well, and he could be a guy who could cover a tight end, I think, pretty effectively. Evans kind of got thrown into that role a little bit uh, last week, or not last week, yesterday against the Patriots because Brown went down. He had a shoulder injury, tried to come back and play, and I hit again, just couldn't stay in the game. If he can come back healthy, I think he can be a difference, but uh, Evans is not used to that. Um, he can be all right, but I think he got thrown into a role that he's not used to, and that's why you kind of saw him get gashed a little bit. If Brown can come back healthy and and full strength, I think that can really be a big boon for us. But, you know, he didn't – he played no more than the first 10 minutes of the game yesterday, so he might – be uh, one to watch for for this week i'm glad you brought that up tim yeah i had that in the notes here of uh i i do remember him leaving the game it looked like he was pretty emotional when he uh got off the field the second time but personally i i haven't heard of him too much so i, I wasn't exactly sure what uh you know whether ravens fans would be concerned about him uh whether he can play or not but uh yeah i mean you know i, I think it's a great point yeah, I think he's not one of those guys that's going to be flashy and come up with any game-changing plays, but he's just solid all around. He can he can uh, do pretty much everything you ask a linebacker to do, um, and he is a big difference for us defensively, so it would be great to have him back for next week. So looking at this game from a historical perspective, you know, it's funny, we're, we're starting out this decade with a, a throwback to a, a big matchup from the first decade of the 2000s. Ravens and Titans used to be big rivals back when the AFC Central was a thing before the divisions got split into four instead of three. Baltimore currently leads the all-time series 12 games to 11 and leads the postseason series two to one. So this is a very even matchup from that perspective. And it's always been a good game between these two teams. Obviously, Ravens fans really remember the game in January of 2001, the divisional round where the Ravens went into Tennessee, and the, the final score was 24 to 10. But it wasn't until the fourth quarter that the Ravens really put down the kicked down the door and and took that game. And then January 2004, wild card game in Baltimore, Titans win 20 to 17 on a game where they Titans were had the best success of any defense bottling up Jamal Lewis in his 2,000-yard year. And Gary Anderson, who was like 41 years old, kicked the game-winning field goal. And then the most recent game against these two teams is January 2009, divisional round. Ravens win 13-10 to in Tennessee, which was Matt Stover's final career game-winning field goal for the Ravens. After that season, he would get released and play out his final years with the Colts. But Always a close matchup when these two teams play in the in the playoffs. And for some more historical context, so it's actually this is the third time that the Ravens have had a bye uh, in the playoffs, and it's been a little bit of a mixed bag. So the first one, I think most Ravens fans who have been around a while remember this one as one of the biggest heartbreaks that we've had. It was 2006 season. The Ravens were 13-3. and It was their best season at the time until this year. And we lost to the Colts 15-6. to The offense could not even score a single touchdown. Although that uh, 
really, really good Ravens defense, limited Peyton Manning, and uh, their, his prolific offense to five field goals. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough. The next game, actually, the other the other game that we had to buy for, January 2012, that was the 2011 season. I do remember, I was actually at this game, game against the Texans. We played at home, and we won. I remember the last play of the game was an Ed Reed interception in the end zone uh, to, uh, to seal the game. This was a, it was a pretty good one, all things considered. Uh, I think uh, a lot of a lot of people overlooked this one because of what happened the following week against the the Patriots. But hey, we're we're one and one, so we're hoping that uh, this game turns out more like the the game against the Texans than it does the the one against the Colts. So, but we'll see. And for just a touch more history, we've got all of Tannehill's games against the Ravens. The Ravens got the best of him three out of those four games. And when they did, it was usually by a pretty decent margin. In 2013, we won 26-23. to 2014, 28-13. The abysmal 2015 season, we lost 15-13. to 13. I do remember that game. And then in 2016, we beat them 38-6. to 6. Tannehill in these matchups has left a little bit to be desired. He's thrown a good amount of picks, three picks, only four touchdowns. And... His yardage total, interestingly enough, in the game that we won, or rather, in the game that he won, he only threw for 86 yards on 19 attempts. Oh, wow. So even when he won, it wasn't by, like, dominating us. We just, everyone sucked that game. So (laughs) it was a really weird game. Like, Matt Schaub was playing. (laughs) He threw two picks. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) it, it wasn't our best performance for sure. So I will just say that it doesn't seem like Tannehill's ever really put together too great of a game against the Ravens. Sorry, Tim. I'm hoping that continues next week. <laughs> I don't blame you, but I'm going to have to hope the other, the other way. <laughs> All right. Going off of that, let's go into our bold predictions for the episode. So for my bold prediction, based off some of the conversations we had, I'm going to go a little bit on a tangent. I think there's another couple of ideas here that could be played out but i think justice hill season has just begun and it's going to continue in this game i see him having 70 all-purpose yards and a touchdown i'm gonna put four points on that uh yeah i'm not gonna put any points on that i could see it happening it's just i think it's such a question as to not only who's going to be getting the carries on sunday but how much are they are they going to carry it i mean we saw the titans pass defense definitely seems more susceptible than the rush defense, which hasn't really mattered for the Ravens. We've seen them have success against top rushing defenses and bottom rushing defenses, but especially considering how how off the deep end I went last week to get back into negative points, I'm gonna I'm not gonna bet on that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah I think it's a good take, Alec. I'm not gonna bid anything on it though. I just because we have so many running backs. It's just seventy yards for seventy yards for justice. I feel is like a lot given the carry distribution that we have. I think it's a little too bold for me, but I hope it happens. I think it's a little bold for me too. I need to stop thinking these bold predictions as like they need to be super bold because they're like individuals, and it's like y'all both zero. And I'm like, uh oh, <laughs> I'm on an island. <laughs> Tim, what do you think? If I had to go with any bold prediction myself. Be I think that Tannehill is going to go off this game. I know you were just going over uh, how Tannehill has not really had much success in the past against the Ravens, but I think that with Henry dominating the game uh, against the Patriots, I think we're going to try a different look and we're going to try to drop back a little more. Maybe use it definitely play action because that really has been Tannehill's, Tannehill's strength. But I think it really stems with our offensive line trying to make some some blocks while in the uh, pass blocking. I think that's really our, been the biggest weakness for Tannehill. He's been sacked possibly the second most in the league. Uh, I don't want to think we're up there. It's definitely one of the worst league in terms of sacks. I think this is the game that our O-line puts it together and Tannehill just has himself a day. I'm not sure how many yards I want to put on that, but willing to bet he has a couple touchdowns and uh, a couple hundred yards. So wait, I'm not in negative points. Alec calculated my points wrong. I didn't, I didn't do that. Oh, someone <laughs> calculated the points wrong. <laughs> Let's see. So I do get minus five for my prediction, but then if... If we're giving Chris uh, that one, so that should be... I should have one point. Someone gave me minus, oh, minus three instead of plus three. That was me. <laughs> that was me. Sorry. 
Also, I guess, are we counting the safety as a turnover? Because if we don't, technically, it was same amount of turnovers as offensive touchdowns. Safety's a turnover. You get the ball back. Okay. The box score didn't count it as a turnover. It said two turnovers. No, no, that well, no, no. But there were two turnovers, and we only had one offensive TD. Oh, I see. Oh. Offensive TDs, not total. Yeah. You're right. Okay. So wise, dude. Fine. I thought Chris so was crazy wise. with that. I thought he was crazy, and he actually ends up being a savant. I didn't understand why you thought it was so crazy. It, this is the throwback Ravens game. Like, we always used to have more turnovers than offensive touchdowns back in the day. That's vintage Ravens football. <laughs> it's a new decade, boys. <laughs> it's a new decade. But, but not, not, not when this game was played. Also, technically not the decade. I want to be that guy. <laughs> so for me, I'm just really basing this off what I saw against New England and what's one of the strengths of the Ravens team and just a little bit of what Tim was saying about their defense. I'm going to say that between the combination of Mark Andrews, Hayden Hurst, and Nick Boyle, we're going to see at least two touchdowns from that position. I'll bet six. I'm in on that. Give me seven. I'll match that too, Peter. I'll go, I'll go in and six on that one. I really like that one. Like I said earlier, I think that's the key matchup for me. Yeah, I almost did that exact same thing. So that's why when you said it, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Chris? Yeah. It's definitely good we had Tim here uh, because I think it's going to be interesting. We have two uh, two takes that are kind of uh, <laughs> two sides of the same coin. I will say, uh, Tim, I, I think your prediction definitely is like the other key matchup for me is basically how well Tannehill can, can uh, rip the football uh, next week. How well can he perform? Because I think if if I were the Ravens coming into this game, what I would want to do is uh, build a lead, build it quickly, and kind of force Tannehill to, into passing situations. Because it seemed like, at least from watching the Pats game, the Titans did very well in situations where uh, they were running the football. They didn't do so well when they really wanted to go to play action. And I don't think they did so well when there were obvious passing situations. The Patriots kind of really wanted to limit Tannehill's ability to throw the football, you know, but obviously because of Henry's uh, ability and, you know, all the stats that he put up, they just couldn't keep up with it. But if I were the Ravens, I would definitely try to limit Tannehill. I'm going to say Tannehill is not going to live up to it. I'm going to say that he has two turnovers. And I'm gonna bet, I'm gonna bet five on that because I think it's gonna happen. I think the Ravens have definitely have the uh, the guys to be able to do it. I think overall we have stronger corners than the Patriots do, and I think that we can bring a little bit more pressure and limit Henry a little bit more than the Patriots can. So I, I'm gonna bet five on that. You know, being a, a one week guest, I don't really have. <laughs> much reason to put any points on but i just want to sort of point out that the i feel like the last game against the patriots was a bit of an anomaly for Tannehill. um part of that might have been you know because of the game plan with uh with henry and all being the focal point and not really getting much uh throwing reps for Tannehill. but since he's taken over he has been the highest rated quarterback in the league um his yards per attempt his yards per catch have been number one in the league and his completion percentage was number two i believe behind drew Brees. Um, mm-hmm. So he's been up there in a lot of categories. Granted, I will say that he has had some turnovers, but somehow it's not really been his fault um, for a lot of them. He's had a couple tip passes, a couple strip sacks, and while he's throwing, part of that might have been not the best pocket awareness, but there there haven't been many, if any, uh, straight up bad decisions that he's made that have resulted in turnover. Right. I know there was one fumble recovery that was against him that was uh, questionable, in my opinion. He fumbled it but he fell on top of the ball had it kind of pinned against his uh outer leg and had control over it had full palm on it and laying sitting there next to it and he kind of seemed like the ball was dead the other team i forget i can't remember exactly who it was at this point but it was uh they came up and just picked it up off of him and ran it back and they said it was a fumble recovery to their team they granted them the recovery i don't know <laughs> how they didn't see that was Tannehill had the ball but numerous uh turnovers he's had this year have been unfortunate and not really the fault of Tannehill. So I think if he just keeps doing what he's been doing all year, then I think he can really shine. It might have even have been avoiding him a lot this last game, not only because of the run being the focal point against this Patriots defense, but also because 
we're not really showing off too much before the Ravens game that we can we can dial up a couple plays that were not even shown at all in the last week that will catch you guys off guard hopefully I see us really changing up the game plan and moving more towards the pass with Henry um, creating a play action scheme yeah one thing that we didn't get to was a note that I put in was that surprisingly now this hasn't been the case with Tannehill his whole career but surprisingly if we look back at the quarterbacks that the Ravens have played this year there's actually not too many that have had a better season than than Tannehill has. I would definitely put, you know, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, even though he played terrible against us. But if you look at some other guys the Ravens played, I mean, we can debate forever whether or not he's actually better than Jared Goff, but he's had a better year than Goff. He's had a better year than Tom Brady. Career-wise, yes, Tannehill's been middle of the road at best, but you are correct. I think he's the biggest thing that he's done this year that's been the biggest change is his he's been a lot safer with the football. So, I'm not going to bet on that not just because of that reason, but also because I don't know how many times the Titans are going to throw the ball. And while I do see that Derrick Henry has 5 fumbles on the year, that seems like a bit of an anomaly. It looks like in previous seasons he had very few as a matter of fact, it looks like just one over his previous three years. So, I don't know, maybe the rested defense, Ravens, we can get a couple turnovers, but I'm expecting t- Tennessee to be able to handle the football. Yeah, I do believe we're positive in the uh, in turnovers. So, we don't give up the ball too often. Granted, we do create a couple turnovers. That helps us be positive. But, yeah, Henry, if I'm winning the ball, I believe was an earlier trend of the year and hasn't really happened a couple, in uh, many weeks at this point. But, I agree. I think the Titans will be pretty conservative with the ball, and we, we preach uh, no turnovers. I mean, most teams kind of do that, but the Titans are seem to follow through pretty well with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I, I'm a little iffy on this one. That's why I only we bet on like a scale to like 0 to 10, and I'm kind of like halfway on the scale. You know, with all you said, Tim, yeah, I mean, Tannehill's had a, a fantastic year. I think he's been playing really well. Just from seeing him in the Pats game, even though he didn't have that many opportunities when I did see him throw the ball, he was making good decisions and throwing a really good ball. So overall, I'm not saying this to kind of say like, oh, Tannehill's garbage, like he's going to have this. I just, I, I feel like the uh, the Ravens defense is going to be prepared for this and is going to uh, hopefully combine with the offense to put the Titans in a uh, – behind early and then that's where the defense can kind of take advantage of some of those opportunities but i'm glad that you guys don't like it because that means it is a good bold prediction yes it would be a bold prediction (laughs) chris i need to say that i'm coming in hot i'm matching your five points with this because although i know that Tannehill has been playing at a good level this year he has had gremlins in his past and more importantly the Ravens secondary is one of the best in the league, heavily invested in, and I think they might be able to pull it off. I do want to add, uh, sorry, one more one more thing that I think is a really interesting uh, piece of piece of information about the Titans. Um, they were a second half team, like absolutely a second half team. Um, an interesting fact about that is that counting the game against the Patriots, we are six and two this year when the other team scores first, and. Going into halftime, if we are tied or leading at halftime, I think we have one loss maybe. And since Mike Vrabel took over as a head coach, I think we're 13-1 and one in that regard. So second half has really been our strong suit. And even if you – I think it is important to get us in a hole early, but it does not mean we're out. And I think we can make a late comeback uh, bid even if we're down. With that information, Tim, that's a perfect transition into our score predictions. What are you thinking? Uh, haven't put too much – thought into the exact score but what i see happening is kind of along with what i just said i see us getting into an early hole i see us fighting back um i'd love to see the titans win it'd be awesome and i think if we can win we definitely have a shot at winning it all but i realistically don't really see that happening um i want to be optimistic but ravens are a much better team and have proven that all year i think it's going to start off in a hole we're going to make a comeback bid but i think it's going to fall short a little late maybe a a one score game in the end decently high scoring uh i'd say i don't know like about 24 to 30 so is that 24 30 ravens 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 winning 24 30 ravens yes so for me 
given all the bold predictions and just the way I've been thinking about this game, I'm going to say the Ravens double Tennessee's points, 34-17, Ravens. Who? I will say about this game, if the Ravens were playing the winner of that Texans-Bills game, I probably would have, oh, would have already bought in my AFC Championship tickets like right now. <laughs> like, <laughs> There's no way the Texans beat the Chiefs. The AFC Championship game is going to be against the Chiefs, whoever wins this game. I do really like what the Titans are doing. They remind me of the Ravens teams of old this year, back when we had Flacco and, you know, Ray Rice and Justin Forsett. And I think they have a playoff style of football. But if I'm looking at this from an unobjective, impartial perspective, like I don't think anyone wants to play against Lamar Jackson right now. There's a few people, analysts I've seen, who have pointed to that playoff game last year and showing how Jackson was rattled and how he can't play in the playoffs. I think that's a fool's argument because we all know there's a huge amount of different variables that were surrounding that game than there are this year. I do think it's going to be close. I'm going to say 24-20 to 20 Ravens. Peter, I'm glad you brought that up. This playoff wildcard weekend has been incredibly close. Every game has come down to the last minute. I've enjoyed watching it. But the reason why I have objection to your chief statement is that everyone in my pool had New Orleans winning and they lost today. You never know what's going to happen in these games, man. And Vikings have Dalvin Cook and Adam Thielen. Texans have Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't you see him flexing when he does one thing that's good all game? <laughs> He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt so bad for CJ and other Bills fans watching that game. I was just like, they they were not playing well, but the Texans were playing worse. I thought they were finally going to win, and then just to see them lose with the Texans like not even really winning that game, just the Bills losing it was just sad. Absolutely. I, I obviously apart. hate the Texans. <laughs> being, a, being an AFC South uh, team, the Texans – what the last four years have been the uh, division winner. I would have loved to see them get knocked out first round, especially to the Bills, but it just wasn't it wasn't in the cards this, this year. And I will admit, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes, you are correct, Alec. I did say last week there's no way the Vikings beat the Saints, and that was incorrect. So <laughs> I'll own up. Maybe the Texans do beat the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> they almost did in the regular season. All right, Chris, what's your score prediction? Yeah, mine's pretty similar. I think to to all the scores here, I'm going to go 33-26 Ravens. I think it's going to be close, but I think uh, you know the Titans are just going to fall short. The other thing we haven't mentioned as well is that if we're just counting on somebody to kick a game-winning field goal, you got to go Justin Tucker over Tim. I don't even know who the kicker for the Titans is anymore because I believe he was signed a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he has yet to kick a field goal. Um, Greg Joseph, he was <laughs> he was a uh, rookie undrafted guy, I think. I don't think he's kicked an NFL field goal yet. That is one thing I wanted to bring up that just mention real quickly that Titans kicking game is pretty bad. We started off the year with our main kicker, Ryan Suckup, on the IR, signed uh, Cairo Santos to be our kicker. He missed four, four in a game. Uh, we went with Cody Parkey, who was actually kind of decent. But when Suckup came off the IR, we went with Suckup. He went one for eight, and then we, we went to Greg Joseph, who was yet to kick a field goal. So that is definitely really important, too. Our kicking game is questionable at best. Yeah, I certainly thought it was interesting. I think in the Pats game, there were a couple opportunities there where, you know, if you feel if maybe somebody like a Justin Tucker or a Will Lutz or somebody, you might go for the field goal. But, you know, I, I saw that Vrabel actually, I think it was like a fourth and one or a fourth and two or something. You know, watching the Ravens, we've kind of been used to just going for that in that certain position, particularly in the area where it's might be a long field goal or it might be a, a bad punt. So you might just go for it. That way you're a little bit closer to the red zone, you know, because, you know, taking the points, you may not be able to get anything in, in either of those situations. I thought it was really interesting that uh, because you guys have an all pro punter, you guys were able to actually use that to your advantage several times uh, in that game against the Pats to be able to get really good uh, field position battles. So, you know, certainly, you know, if it came down to a game-winning field goal, going back to that, I wouldn't have too much trust in it. But, you know, if we're talking field position game, I would definitely have a lot more trust in, in Kern than I would, you know, the, the Greg Joseph. 
yeah, Kern is definitely a weapon for us. Believe it or not, our punter is one of our best players um, because he has just been that good this year. He has pinned by far the most uh, opposing teams uh, under the 20 uh, under the and under the 10. And that is why we didn't go for that ball. I think in years past, a couple last year mainly, uh, if Abel would have went for that, I think knowing that we had Kern and knowing that a field goal, especially a, that long of one, would have been difficult thing to ask of our new kicker. So that's why we went with the uh, the punt. But I think Kern, I trust him, and I think punting it in that situation was the right move. Yeah, I'm glad you brought all that up. Watching that game, I could definitely tell that he is deserving of that all-pro moniker. A phenomenal punter. All right, well, thank you, Tim, for joining us. You gave us a lot of great insight about the Tennessee Titans. I'm sure the show would not have been nearly as detailed if it wasn't for you and having all those insights. So thanks again for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. With that... We're going to wrap up today's episode. Please do, if you're going to the game, make some noise. I don't know if anyone here is going to be at that game. Are any of us going? Saving up my money for the AFC Championship, assuming that happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not planning on it, but, you know, who knows? That's my scheme as well. <laughs> it's like, I'm assuming that if we win and we go to the AFC Championship game, I'm saving my money, I'm going to that. If we lose and we're not, I don't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh also the fact that i'm not going to be in baltimore at all so like that's my plan tim i take it you're not going uh yeah i i don't think so i haven't even looked at what tickets would have been at this point but it'd be it'd be cool i guess if they weren't too expensive i'd think about it but at, at the moment i have no plans now the cheapest ones i saw er- earlier today were 220 or so yeah it's a little pricey especially because even i predicted the ravens to win um <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know if I would even have anyone to go with who would even be on my side. If I went, it would be with Ravens fan. I, I'm in Ravens country, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do ask if you go to the game, make some noise. As I see right next to me, every decibel counts. We'll be back next week, recapping the game, and hopefully have a prediction, but we'll see what happens. Big game. It's the playoffs. Anything can happen. Let's go, Ravens. I ain't never seen as many tank fans come out the woodwork in my life. Okay. I love Tennessee. I went to Lane College. But uh, y'all about to walk in that bank. And uh, you can't get no withdrawal. No. We'll take your deposit, though. No withdrawal. Big boy, Troy. The words of Mark Eden, you saying, Big boy, Troy. Big that.